Center Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. Bringing you a little double team special today. We got a couple chefs from Kitchen Table, Dan Whalen and Moses Mosley. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. All right. Just so listeners can kind of identify voices and everything, would you guys mind introducing yourselves one by one? Yeah, I'm Moses. I'm Dan. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah, now, cool. now we know voices. Okay. So... I want to talk to you guys about your careers, about what it's like to work at Kitchen Table, about all the cool things you guys are doing there. But I want to lead off with something I've not yet done on this podcast. And that's, I want to give people a cooking tip. And I bring this up because my introduction to you guys was trying the fried chicken that you sold at the Dandelion Pop-Up back in September. It was, if not the best fried chicken I've ever had, it was right up there. So... Can we give the people maybe some tips if they're making awesome fried chicken at home? What what's like what's the secret? What's something that they can unlock to help try and get to that level? Uh, I would say time and probably salt. <laughs> yeah, I guess salt. Yeah, that's the beginning of any cooking experience. You want to step your game up, but uh, yeah, like Dan said, time. You know, we developed this recipe. It didn't just happen. So we've been trying different things, trying different ways, and just experiment. Really, you know, make sure your oil's hot. That's a big one. Sure mm-hmm. it, make sure it's yeah. hot when it's ready to go in. But an experiment, you know, it took us a long time to get there. So, Yeah, I think that's such a big part of cooking is experimentation. So wh- where Absolutely. do you guys even start when you decide, like, let's just say you decide, okay, I want to figure out how to make fried chicken. Where do you start and how do you kind of go down the road of experimentation? Well, I guess I, I, I'd say my career brought me there just doing like cooking full time as a full time chef since the beginning. Uh it just brought me there. It was something I love. Being from Atlanta, fried chicken, it's everywhere. It's universal. It's, it's a great meal. So I decided, you know, that's what I wanted to make perfect. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I started, you know. And it came with asking my mother and asking her siblings and so forth. But uh, I guess my career brought me there, uh, you know. Uh, again, just trial and error, practice, finding out what I liked and what I wanted to do with it. So, yeah, I guess that'd, that'd be it. And for me, it was always something I loved. I mean, like, grew up with KFC, but last night I had, <laughs> I had, I had Popeyes for dinner last night. So, um, yeah, just really enjoy it. And there's definitely no I hate think, in the game. You know, I don't hate anybody else's fried chicken. I love nah, for sure just That's, fried chicken yeah. everywhere. So you, it's yeah. really hard to screw up fried chicken. Like, there are obviously yeah. different levels of it, but even the lowest level, like, fried chicken is just inherently delicious. Exactly. Yes. And, and I equate it to barbecue. I've had a lot of barbecue in my experience. It's always the best fried chicken is the fried chicken you had the best experience with. So right. Like, it was probably with family. It could have been a bucket of KFC or some stuff, you know, you were fortunate to have from, like, your aunt or your mother. So, mm-hmm. again, just best situation. That's always the best, you know. Now, where did the inspiration come to pair that with that garlic honey? Because the fried chicken on its own was fantastic, but then you added that garlic honey, and it just, like, kind of, it was a perfect salty-sweet combo, I thought. Totally. That's uh, something we've been doing on the Debo, which is a sandwich that Uh I kind of have my namesake after, uh, with uh, English muffin, two fried eggs, garlic honey, and hot sauce. I think, uh, I think... For the longest time, that's how I've been having my fried chicken is with some honey and hot sauce and the garlic really set it apart for sure. All right. So now that we've got a little bit of introduction here, I kind of want to set the stage a little bit of further as, as a little bit further as we kind of get into you guys' careers. Um, obviously, uh, Colin and Jess Duggan own Kitchen Table. Yeah. So kind of, can you kind mm-hmm. of like, for the listeners, lay out the structure of the Kitchen Table kitchen and kind of 
where you guys fit into that? Yeah. Uh, small I, crew. Yeah, I'd say it's you. easy. It's it's really small crew. It's family. We have we five yeah. employees, maybe six. Yeah, we, those are our family for sure. We spend more time with them than our own, you know. Uh huh. And it's really a special relationship we have with them. Yeah, it's amazing, man. I, uh, you know. We may get into, but I, I come from a touring background. I was a tour chef for years and years. Mm-hmm. And I landed here in Omaha, and those were the first people I met. The first people allowed me to get in the Omaha scene in the game. And I just fell in love. I've been there for four years now, and it's it's my favorite spot. We make, and we don't take any shortcuts, even with the pandemic happening. Mm-hmm. Everything is from scratch all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's our bread. That's I mean, we make our own, I tell people, we make our own ketchup, because we do. That's wild, right? You know? uh-huh. <laughs> we make our own ketchup. We have to. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's what I love about it. And Again, like I said, it's simple, our relationship. it's We go to work pretty much every day. They come in pretty much every day. Yeah, I live right pretty much, they live upstairs. They're there every yeah. day. They have to be. Working but, uh, in their basement. That's yeah. cool. And we collab on everything, This, especially the last couple months. We've uh, we've set it apart by, like, you know, with everything going on, we're like, well, let's dig in. Let's go into our bag a little bit. Let's everybody have a little influence. So we're doing, like, these little biweekly pop-ups within the mm-hmm. restaurant. And it's been fantastic. It's, it's been, been a lot of fun. Yeah, so each week we'll kind of delve into something different. And this week we did, I guess you would call it our greatest hits. And so, again, we had our fried chicken on there. We had, we've been making these things called Zarbins, we call it now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we won't call them a runza, but exactly. we won't say similar that, but, uh, to some kind of product like that. You guys had the burritos. Those look burritos, excellent. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody here has made flour tortillas on their own. Corn yeah. tortillas, it's, it's a hard step, but I've never had <laughs> Flour tortillas are a pain in the ass. They are are awful. I'm in everybody's way. I'm taking up all the table space. Okay, why? Uh, Tell me why. What's uh, so hard about flour tortillas? You know, it's the simplest ingredient, and we don't have, you know, per se, a tortilla press. I am that press. So (laughs) it's the whole step involved. It's rolled out by hand. It's all rolled out by hand. And when I say rolled, there's no rolling pin. It's like this really finesse motion, almost like pizza crust, but it's got to be really flat. It's cooked really fast. And... Again, the way our kitchen set up, you were literally in everybody's way. Uh-huh. Like, it's always a, a hurry up <laughs> yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm in your way. I'm sorry. Yeah, duh, I'm making tortillas right now. And uh, again, it's a scratch kitchen, so we've got a lot of stuff other going on because that's just one element of this thing we're trying to put out. That's not really something we do all the time, but you know, we definitely wanted to explore it, and, you know, and it's it's been great. It's awesome. We we make jokes. We make the squares burritos in town. Yeah, uh-huh. squares burritos. It, again, the finishing of it. We we fry the thing on the flat top. And that kind of comes from, I guess, mine and Dan's little dirtier background of what we <laughs> see, like how we like our food. You know, Jess and Colin, you know, they really, they do a great job of capturing everybody, you know, vegan, vegetarian, mm-hmm. even guys who like greasy, stuck to the tray, burnt food like ourselves. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it's just, again, another element that we try to put into every single thing we do. Okay, you mentioned the background there. Sure. We're, we're going to get into all the great kitchen cool. table cool. stuff. Like that that's that's part of this discussion absolutely. But I want to lead off just kind of with a quick introduction to you guys. Just kind of tell me how sure. you got into cooking, kind of the path that led you both to Omaha and to kitchen table. Cool. You know, I'm going to let Dan start mine might be a little. Sure, yeah. Uh for me it was following a passion, you know. Like uh, I didn't start uh in a kitchen per se. I, I did it kind of through college a little bit, but uh, yeah, after that, after I graduated, I, I went and worked at Nebraska Furniture Mart for years, and uh, yeah, I'd, it's a great place to work. It wasn't for me, so I, I decided to go into the kitchen, and Colin and Jess put me in a position to grow and succeed. I've been there for almost five years now. Been great. So wait, how, how does that progression happen? Where you're working at Nebraska Furniture Mart, all of a sudden you're just 
in, yeah. in this kitchen with these people? Yeah. Did they just find you or did you find them? How'd that work? Yeah, Craigslist, actually. I was just, <laughs> I was looking to get back in the kitchen. Uh, I wasn't, so like, I, yeah, I balanced two jobs at the time. I was washing dishes and doing prep work for them. Um, uh, then I left for a little while, came back, stodged for a little while on Sundays, just helping with brunch and all that. Just per diem, you know, uh, learning. And then, uh, yeah, finally I got the offer for a full-time prep job. Eventually worked up to line cook. and I was got a sandwich just, in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. You're big so time now. Yeah. Staple for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's been great. Moses? So, yeah, mine, mine's a little bit uh, a little bit longer. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I, I went to culinary school there actually at 18 years old. I went to Le Cordon Bleu College of Culinary Arts. It was great. It was awesome. I got fifty thousand dollars worth of practice of learning how to burn shit. And, <laughs> you know, I wasn't. I, I didn't. I didn't get fired from culinary school, so that was great. Uh, but then I guess I'd say I fell backwards into something. Uh, a friend of mine's mother owned a business catering to backstage to uh, different venues in Atlanta, Georgia. So Phillips Arena at the time it was called the Tabernacle, and from there it just kind of I, I fell in love with it right out of the gate. A lot of my friends ended up going to like hotel jobs restaurant jobs and so forth, I went straight into backstage catering. I started washing dishes for certain folks. And then finally, I got picked up uh, in like 2006. Somebody asked me to go on tour with him. And that was actually Warp Tour. So I ended up going on Warp Tour and working for Coachella for like, I'd say a better part of 10 years. Wow. And it was the greatest experience of my life. I went on every other tour from east to west, uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, was definitely my biggest tour to date, and the mo- I've gained more experience from that than anything else. I've got to work with some incredible chefs. I've seen the country, and uh, I've got to eat at great restaurants, too, which is amazing, uh-huh. as you know. Uh-huh. It's pretty tight. Uh, but then, yeah, so weird story. Uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, we used to do our rehearsals here in Omaha before mm-hmm. the pandemic. If it wasn't for the pandemic, I would be gearing up to go out on tour with them right now. So Jess and Colin, actually, they, again – Love them to death. They let me go and tour and come back when I need wow, to. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, it's it's great. So, but uh, Trans Siberian Orchestra, we used to do our rehearsals here in Omaha and about four years ago. I decided to stay, and here we are. Here we are. And I've been at kitchen tables since then. And I've mm-hmm. gone on a few smaller tours, did did some of that work, but uh, it's focused. And now you know we're here in the city in Omaha. I love this place. So with all the experience that you've had, with mm-hmm. all the cities you've been in, all the restaurants you've eaten at, yeah. what was it about Omaha and then even Kitchen Table more specifically that attracted you to work there? So uh, is, before I came to Omaha, I was actually kind of, I was debating whether I was going to keep touring or not. Yeah. I was kind of in this, I don't know, I don't want to say crisis. It's a good problem to have. I was like, do I want to tour? Do I want to get in the restaurant game? I don't know what to do. I was a little down and out in Los Angeles. And so I ended up moving to Sacramento. I lived with my father for a few years. Kind of reconnected with him. And uh, again, a weird point in my life. I was like, I don't want to do any of this. I'm going to work at a nighttime bar. And, I'm, and I ended up buying an RV. And we ended up feeding the homeless for like six months under T Street Bridge in Sacramento. Shout out to my homies out there. They still do it to this day. Uh, but it was really informal. We just got kind of drunk on an RV and parked it under a bridge and fed homeless people. <laughs> it sounds crazy. But... Uh, uh, you know, I had an opportunity then. I got a call from the guy who does, you know, subcontract us through TSO, and he's like, do you want to go back out on tour? And I said, yeah, you know what? This is kind of getting a little hard. It's hard. I was, I think, 28. I'm like, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Go tour, make some money, and I came to Omaha. And so I just had an opportunity to do something, and 
was like, this, this sounds tight. <laughs> Why not here? And here we are. So how'd you find Kitchen Table? Uh, through a mutual friend. It's uh, somebody I met here uh, when I first got here, and they introduced me to Justin Collin, and I actually gave him my resume for to give to them to be like, you know, I'm thinking about coming to the city. Can you guys, like, pass it around to different people? And then Colin was like, no, nah, you want to work here? <laughs> I'm like, sounds good. <laughs> All right, good yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah, and from there, it's just been great, man. They've taught me so much. Like, I've always had the experience of being backstage and being able to procure amazing product, get really good stuff, and, you know, and present it in elegant fashion for different artists and really big-time stuff. But Colin just and Kitchen Table really taught me how to make that stuff I would procure. Mm-hmm. Breads, uh, cured stuff, meats, anything that, I, you know, I would – like I got to go to this great grocery store to go buy this great product. Instead, it was you can make it. Let's make it. Yourself, make it. Yeah. If we can't, let's figure it out. Uh-huh. So uh, that's and that's. I guess that's what hooked me and kept me here. And just the great relationship they've taken care of all of us and everybody who works there. To be honest, gotcha. So it's it's awesome and it's in a great part of town. I like you know I like to see. Gotta love downtown Omaha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so before we dive into kitchen table, because I really want to do that, sure. I would be remiss if I. If I didn't ask you this, I know that you just have like a full catalog of stories from sure. just touring the country, from meeting all these different people, working with different bands and everything. I need one story, whether that's the coolest story, the craziest story, just most outlandish, whatever it is. What What's like one story from your career? I'll give you a good story. I won't give you two of an outlandish one. I just don't want to out myself there a little bit. <laughs> so a, a good enough. story, actually, this is really young in my career, and I was working in, at a venue in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Chastain Park. I was still in between washing dishes and, like, actually working with the chefs, the backstage chefs. And a lot of these people that, that come into venues, they're personal chefs. So that's who I was kind of groomed by. But, again, young in my career, I was, again, in that in-between spot. I was a hired gun. And the show was Chicago. And it was Chicago, Earth, Wind & Fire. And those are, like, my mother's all-time favorite bands of all time. And one thing when you get into backstage is they tell you right off the bat, like, I mean, you can be a dishwasher, you can be a runner, you can be as high up as – just a really fanboy production manager. Do not ask for autographs. Don't ask for pictures. Don't do any of that. Yeah. Sure enough, show's over. And they're, Chicago's just in there. Uh, they're doing a meet and greet. And so they're, they're signing autographs for everybody, you know. And who cares? And I'm just like, screw it. I'm doing it. I went back there, and I gave my jacket, my chef coat, to the drummer of Chicago. And he not only got it signed by everybody in the band, but he drew this big, like, 30-year anniversary Chicago band, Atlanta. Dang. It's in my mother's house hanging up as we speak, so... <laughs> I almost got fired in my right in my beginning of career, never would have happened. But at the same time, that was great. Every once that in a while, so it's cool. worth it to break the rules. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, now we'll get into kitchen table, and you sure. guys have both mentioned already just the amount of work and preparation that goes into scratch making everything. And Colin and Jess came on this podcast probably eight or nine months ago, and yeah. that was my number one takeaway from my conversation with them is. They're not like buying anything. Everything is made. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Was, <laughs> was that a little bit of shock to the system for you guys when when you started working there, where it was just like, oh, we don't we don't buy bread, we don't buy pasta, we don't buy sauce, right. we make all of it. Right. Yeah. I'd say for me, big time actually. It, for me, that was that's kind of like what I know. You know, it's kind of groomed by them. So I was like, oh, we yeah, we just don't buy pasta. <laughs> we make the bread. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a blast. Love. It. Yeah. Get a lot of opportunities to do many different projects and work with a lot of different food. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it was a shock for me for sure. I, I came in like, you know, I knew a little bit about the reputation of Kitchen Table, even before, you know, a lot of my a lot of people I tour with came go to lunch there. They love it. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, I was like, cool, you know, I'm gonna go work here. Like, it's gonna be awesome. I bet, I bet we get to go buy some really cool stuff. Put out. I gotta make it, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh wow! All right, cool. <laughs> so uh, it took me back, but it's taken me so much further forward. Like, I've had to go back into my knife skills. I've had to go back into my, you know, my my be- the beginning of my training back in culinary mm-hmm. school. But again, it's taken me so much further. I know so much more these last four years doing this than you know any of the other stuff I've done working for them. That actually plays into right what I wanted to ask next. Is like, how does just starting from the basics like that, how how much does that help you improve as a cook or a chef where you're you have that basic understanding and it just everything can build off of that? Yeah, yeah always tasting your food. You got to notice the prog- progressions and uh, um, just yeah, you know, taste I mean, your food. Yeah, <laughs> finding the pitfalls within everything too, you know. It's not like we make everything from scratch and it all comes out perfect. Uh-huh. You know, that happened, you know, that's that's the greatest part is learning, learning, you know, the next thing, the next part of it. You know, we, we've we actually played with a lot of the bread that we've developed, kitchen table developed at the beginning most recently because I guess you would say somewhat of the pandemic, we've had a little more time. But we've, we've started playing with some of that stuff and, you know, not always a positive thing. But uh, we've succeeded in a few yeah. different things that we had right off the bat and now – What's great is I get to grow with Jess and Colin, too. And I'm, mm-hmm. I've, I would say they feel the same, too. Like, we keep bouncing off. And I think we've all come a really long way, too, you know. Not just me and Dan, just everybody in the restaurant, too, and, and finding us a little more. So mm-hmm. it's been incredible. Yeah. Now, Moses, you mentioned the flour tortillas. Was there anything oh, else between <laughs> you guys that was really difficult to get down at first? Like, maybe you haven't mastered now, but at the beginning it was just like, man, I cannot get this one item. Breaking down chickens, I think, is training wheels lessons for me and but now can't slow me down you know? <laughs> that's a good one the trout 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 breaking uh, down trout to for you know chefs listening a j cut on a trout is not the easiest thing in the world it is, it is really hard actually but what's uh, a j cut for those of us who have no idea yeah so it's just a specific a specific type of way to break down a fish and it's usually used on cod bit much bigger fish but we're working with these really delicate little uh steelhead trouts that yeah. we get and we you know and learning that cut and uh always timing ourselves i mean we'd get to the point where we're racing each other on it right. yeah. I, I haven't beaten dan on that yet <laughs> but i would say that was a big pain uh but now it's like it's kind of a labor of love like once we get them they're so special like we have to do that and the reason we do that cut specifically is to maximize the content of what we get after we smoke it mm-hmm. so there's not it's, it's basically deboning the whole fish with leaving it intact mm-hmm. so there's no flaying it we don't take it off the spine or anything so it's, it's really hard, but again, it's labor love. You know? Right. Now, you guys mentioned near the beginning of this podcast how there's really a familial atmosphere yeah. at Kitchen Table. Can you kind of go in a little bit deeper on that and explain to me why you feel that way? Sure. I'll, I'll even start this one. Uh, so, you know, one big thing for me and Dan, we've been trying to start for like, it's been a, about a year now, and we've started getting a little more trash. We're trying to get our own thing together. We're trying mm-hmm. to, the fried chicken pop-up is almost a precursor to what we're doing and we're doing another one, of course. We'll talk about that. But mm-hmm. yeah. we're uh, we're trying to get our own thing going, and it's not something deterred by Justin. Call. In fact, they've probably done more to help us, like teach us, guide us, and to get us yeah. to that point, and even to where we are right now to do that. So that's the big time familiar. There's no, there's no, hey, they're not like you can't do that. You got to work here. There's more stuff to do here. You know, you know, they know how much work and love we put into it, and how much we cherish their input. So they've definitely like. You know, they're, they're with us on this. They're pumping us up. They're getting us to it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, from the front of house to the back house, we're all tight, close family for sure. We see, see Drink them. Drink together. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
break bread together for sure. Yeah. How does that familial atmosphere encourage you to do your best work, especially now amongst the pandemic? Like these are trying times. This is not easy. Yeah. And you guys are still cranking out scratch made stuff. You're still coming up with new menus, you know, every other week. Like how does that familial, familial atmosphere inspire you to keep going? Uh, I just, yeah, I want, I'm trying to impress the people that I work with, you know, I'm try my food, you know, um, I think that bond just like leads to greater things like every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, somebody, and because of the pandemic, you know, we are such a tight knit family. Nobody's, you know, you're always within the walls. Like you don't have to worry about it. If you're having a bad time, you know, we always pick each other up. And uh, again, we like to impress each other more than anybody else. Cause a lot of times faceless, you know, it's to go stuff or packages. I really want to impress this guy because I know that person on the other end is going to be super stoked. I liked it. I, I really liked like, Showing Colin up, I love. This <laughs> so is like a friendly competition oh, yeah. in the yeah, kitchen. Yeah. No, and he he gets us, man, all, pretty much all the time. But there's those few times where it's like, yes, <laughs> nailed it, gotcha. nailed it. Yeah, it's like beating dad one on one and basketball. And and he couldn't be more proud. You know that we got him on that. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I even say you know examples of uh, bread lately. This buns, yeah, our whole our whole development of our best hamburger bun. You know. I, want to, I don't want to say I had an input. I mean, he definitely did all the calculations and formulas to get it right, but we've introduced this new cooking style into our breads even. It's, uh, I looked up one time how to make Popeye's chicken buns, and it turns out part of it is a tang zong, so something we've been playing with on a lot of our breads, and we actually use it in our rye now. Yeah, change, yeah, just kind of change the hydration of the flour, and it creates this and really, I, I couldn't pronounce really it. nice texture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I couldn't pronounce it, so I came to work one day and asked Colin, hey, what's a Tarzan bread? He's like Tarzan bread. Yeah. <laughs> Tang Zong. He's like, yeah, that's it. That's it. So, again, it's like cooking part of your bread before we even mix, and it's it creates a really soft structure. It's like uh, Japanese milk bread. Mm-hmm. Use it. We developed a vegan version of it for our buns, though, and they're top notch. They're pretty awesome. Now I know that working in restaurants and working in kitchens, it's not an easy life. It's a lot of long hours. It's a lot of sacrificing time with family, time with friends. Like it's tough to do. How much does it help you to, you know, embrace that lifestyle when you have bosses and coworkers who are like, okay, yes, this is my product, but I encourage you to find ways to make it better. Or you look on the menu and you can see there's Debo's hot sauce. There's Moses's buttermilk, or buttermilk biscuits, excuse me. Like you guys' names are on the menu. That means something. How much does it you know, obviously it's hard to live that lifestyle, but when you have someone who's really empowering you and encouraging you, how much does that help? It's incredible. It's it's super encouraging, you know? Yeah, I think that even hits home a lot more now that you mentioned that, you know, or pass that on. But, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. It's yeah. way cool, for yeah. sure. It is it is great, too, you know? And again, it's all, it just comes from the challenging aspect. Like, they keep challenging us, and we do the same, too. So we're never happy, like, with just what's happening, what's going on. We, we just want to keep getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys have provided some really good examples so far of that family atmosphere, but can you give me any other stories of just times where you felt like this doesn't feel like it probably does in most kitchens? <laughs> like, this is a family. We're this roommates. is not a staff. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, that would be yeah. one very good <laughs> example. Yeah, we're we're roommates. We lived, we lived together for like two years now. Yeah, spent a lot of time with this guy. Yeah, so, you know, we, we all drink at the same bar if we out to a bar unfortunately that's quelled a little bit because of the pandemic but mm-hmm. uh, you know there's i'd say six out of seven nights you could find most kitchen table staff up at page trainers hanging out uh-huh uh, that's a good chance good family there too you know that's again it 
I think it 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 out it went outside of just kitchen table. In fact, to a couple different homies and places, and we just really love our community all the way from Dundee to downtown. Like that whole community is a lot of our friends in different kitchens and so forth. And a lot of them went through Jess and Colin too. We've had a lot of people come work for us, yeah, and you know, and go work and do great things elsewhere too. But they still stay within the family. We we still drink with them. We still it's hang a, out. So it's a great that's, community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you guys as roommates, I'm yeah. I'm fascinated by <laughs> yeah. this. When when you're off work, when you're off the clock, are you guys talking food? Are you bouncing recipes off each other? Are you thinking about that, or is it just like, you know what? I've had enough of food for today. I spent all day rolling out tortillas. Like, I'm done. We need to talk about something else. I'd say on beer one, we don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, on I'm beer two, we're kind of like, dude, do you remember today when I overcooked that thing? <laughs> that, that one? Let's try the yeah. top of it this time, but let's turn it down. You know, it, it gets into that all the time without fail. Like, mm-hmm. we, we couldn't stop it if we tried. It's not even worth saying, hey, let's not talk about work here. Yeah, yeah it just happens. And we bring yeah, it in with us the next day, to. which is great. I there's nothing wrong with a drunk text to the boss every once in a while saying, hey, I want to make this tomorrow. And that's Justin Colin love that. I'm here to say Justin Colin love me texting him drunk. <laughs> it happens quite often. And emoji or whatever. And emojis when those came out. That was uh-huh. probably my favorite thing in the world. Talking about biscuits as a tiger or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you think good. of a specific time where you, you guys were just riffing on something after hours and it was just like, Yes, this is a great idea, and Colin and Jess embraced it, and it made it to the menu. Uh, I think I think with all these uh these menu changes of late, like we've definitely had long text conversations yeah. over like menu <laughs> items, and just had lots of fun with names we could do. But yeah. um, good. I mean, there's a good example. Yeah, exactly. Like these these recent pop ups. I think yeah they approached us with it the first week, and. Uh, we had already been doing kind of like specials throughout the week and really just we we out of necessity changing our menu just because different farmers are having different problems or different purveyors and so forth. And, you know, just yeah. comes with territory and just more so now, I guess, with everything. But they they texted us and they asked us what uh what what should our first pop up week be? And the first thing they spit up we just like gas station. Uh-huh. We were like, we want fried chicken and burritos and biscuits. They said no. <laughs> <laughs> now the, the greatest hits this <laughs> week. Uh-huh. It, happened to be, uh-huh. it happened to be somewhat yeah. of a gas station week. So yeah, but uh, no, it, it's fun. great. They they you know, but they they allowed us to do that, so we were able to sneak one in every every week or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and the fried chicken, you know, and I wouldn't say they were super stoked about it before, but the fried chicken has become like. Uh, collaboration between all of us again too it wasn't just me and this guy like mm-hmm. you know Colin really helped us out with that and developed recipe and we had kind of one of those oh wow moments and that was pickling the fried chicken that's something mm-hmm. we do and yeah. we pickle it before we do anything so instead of just a simple brine or a buttermilk marinade we actually pickle it for a certain amount of time we can't do it too long but we do it for a little bit and then start our you know, our buttermilk brine and so forth but uh, that was one of those oh no moments and that was Colin man just helping us out so what does pickling do to the chicken? How is that a game changer? It yeah. totally changes the flavor profile. I think uh, tenderizes it and seasons it throughout, and uh, really leads to a great piece of chicken. Yeah, we don't we don't really serve pickles with our chicken. Our chicken is the pickle. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So and you got to watch it too. And that was again a development issue. It was like how can we pickle this chicken without it getting mealy or getting overdone or just too much going on? And you know that took trial and error. Yeah. First time we did it, we had some pickly chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it was different. But uh, it, it took some development, Got but man, better. it's come along. And I guess I say that's an example. 
it wasn't uh, necessarily like, let's do this, but let's perfect this. And that's, yeah. what, that's what we always get from Justin Kong. It's not like, let's just go on a whim and do it. It's like, let's perfect this. And, yeah, let's kill it. So That's awesome. And we've mentioned a couple times the uh, the menu pop-up series that you guys have been doing. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, every restaurant in this pandemic has had to kind of throw things against the wall, try and figure out what sticks, what's going to be successful, what will the public embrace. And I feel like this pop-up series has been something that's really worked for you guys. Where, well, I guess, to, first of all, to give people some more examples of pop-ups that you guys have done, you guys have done, like you mentioned, the summer's greatest hits. You had a Southern style yep. uh, two weeks. You had a Fiesta yeah. um, couple weeks. Where did the idea for that originally come from? And just kind of how did it develop over time into something that has become very successful for you? I think that's easy. That's Jess. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, that's Jess. Yeah. She's, She's the idea. She's, she's a big influencer between what behind what we do, you know. Like, she has like the greatest ideas, you know, and she's always willing to change them and figure out how to, you know, navigate them the best way. That that's an easy one, yeah. I'd say Jess. She it was her idea, her concept, and you know, she just made sure we killed it for him. So, so yeah. does she just show up one day and she's like, "Hey, I've got this idea," and you guys are just like, "Okay, yeah, they, sweet, that sounds good." <laughs> yeah, they live upstairs, so they're they're there. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're always there. They never show up. They're just there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was, we were doing again like uh, we were doing specials throughout the week, but we found it was hard to keep them for just one week and just keep this new product in, try to settle it off for a week, and then try to either you know repurpose, do something different the next week. Instead, you know, Jess came down and was like, "Let's do this for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's theme it instead of just coming up with like three different things that are just kind of off menu. Let's theme it and let's like just really lean into it." And yeah, it worked out. It worked out great. Okay, so every two weeks you guys are making a new pop-up mm-hmm. series. So how does that menu creation come to be? Do you guys all, like, get together in, like, a meeting and just kind of, you know, throw ideas against the wall? And once you come up with a theme, it's just like, okay, now what menu items are we putting on? Like, how does that work? I guess I go back to my drunk midnight text to the yeah, bosses. It's, all, it's yeah, usually it's a, a text line. There's, yeah. like, an ongoing text between me, Moses, and Colin and Jess. Yeah, and it's not always me that starts it, but, yeah, it's usually – yeah, we just kind of start throwing it against the wall, group text, and coming in and seeing what we'll see what's on hand. Again, like, yeah. it also depends on what the farm has to offer us because mm-hmm. we still keep with that. Mm-hmm. So it's like what they got. And by this time, you know, kitchen's table has been doing it long enough to where we can really kind of figure out what's going to be available to us during a given time period. So you know, we kind of just go towards that. But uh, yeah, it's hard. It's a little bit of everybody for sure. Mm-hmm. Was there a particular pop-up series that you guys really enjoyed? I'd say this greatest hits one. Yeah, this greatest hits has been fun. It's been it's been insane. Yeah. Well, so. what's so great about it? What makes it the best? It's I, I'd say it's consistently moving the best too. Like uh, everybody's coming in getting this series. You know, some of our classics have kind of been put by the wayside from this one. You know, so that's kind of we definitely want to you know keep our classics around everything, but this one has just been. Bonkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these these exarbins we're doing and stuff. It's been bonkers. We can't keep them around. Nah, selling out. Yeah. Fun. Um, another thing that you guys did uh, to kind of address the pandemic was you opened up the general store, so now yeah. people can come in and if they don't, you know, if maybe it's not meal time or they don't want to buy a full meal or they want to stock the pantry, they can come in. They can get bread. They can get butters, hot sauces, pots of sauces, eggs, yeah. kimchi, all kinds of different stuff. Where'd the idea to do that come up from? I think I just kind of saw it on Instagram one day, one of the restaurants I was following, just kind of picking up that steam. So I was like, 
mentioned that in one of the group texts or mentioned it to Colin and Jess and really taken it and ran with it. It's yeah. been, it's, been, it's really been well. popular too. I, I feel like more people have actually ordered online and done our uh, contacts, contact list like That's it, yeah, curbside, it's did anything else, which is amazing. It's we, been a great way to serve people mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And then again, now. brunches too. People come in, they have a great brunch and then they, they always want a loaf of our bread, which is yeah. really, that's a yeah. great feeling too. That's a really good feeling. So, uh-huh. And I think part of that is so many people have kind of gotten into cooking during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They've, they've used this as an opportunity to, because they're at home more or whatever, to just kind of spread their cooking wings. And you guys can kind of, you know, not everybody can make bread like Kitchen Table does right. from scratch, but they can take your bread and they can, you know, try and transform that into something different. I like that you guys kind of provide those those stable elements to, to help people kind of, you know, spread their culinary wings. Yeah, and even a little more elaborate on that. So we even sell the starter for our bread. Mm-hmm. So people come in, we, we offer our starter, not just the starter, we offer instruction. Like, well, I mean, I don't think we've ever refused anybody a recipe out of the kitchen either. That's amazing. Like, we give them the recipe, and with a little bit of instruction, we'd love to see people do that, you know, try our stuff. Because, again, a lot of our stuff isn't really outlandish. It is classic things that people just forgot how to make throughout the years. Mm-hmm. I don't take it back to ketchup. We make our own ketchup. It's like, you know, we can't even buy a bottle of ketchup at our restaurant. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah, we know we always offer instruction. We love it. We've had people come in, try to learn from us, and see what we kind of do. So that's great. I love that as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys mentioned earlier, you know, that you're kind of looking to kind of go off on your own and st- and start your own thing. And I don't know, it, I'd never heard of this before, so I'm not sure where you guys are in that process. I'm not sure how much you want to divulge right now. Maybe not any at all. But I'm still very interested in this question. And you can you can go into that if you want to. But what is the push and pull between you guys really enjoying, you know, the atmosphere and the family at kitchen table versus having that, that aspiration to, to go out and do your own thing. Because I think that's what so many young cooks and chefs want is that they're inspired by, you know, the things that they experience in a kitchen. And then they start thinking, well, what if I had my own place? I could do it this way. Like what's that push and pull between being really content with where you are, but still having that, you know, those aspirations to go out on your own. Yeah. And I, you know, I'd be lying if it wasn't like, you know, it, it's hard to see, you know, anybody like they're going to go do their own thing. It doesn't necessarily mean we're not going to be there, but you know, you always, that's the elephant in the room. Like, you know, you can't, but you can't stop, but there wouldn't be no kitchen table unless Jess and Colin were like, Hey, we're going to go start our own thing. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's the big thing. And I think they're smart enough and they've been around it too much to not be like, you know, that's an achievable goal guys. Like you got this. And, and we've been so family oriented there. I think they're more excited for us and pushing us. And we can't do it without kitchen table. Like, you know, if we were just working kitchen table, it was nothing. We weren't trying our hearts out. Then it wouldn't be a viable, you know, opportunity for us. But we think we are that good. We we've been taught we are. I mean, yeah, to go with the family theme, like you just want to make mom and dad proud. You know there you go. I, mean? I didn't want. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, again, there would be no kitchen table unless Jess and Colin said, hey, let's do this ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's where we're at, too. And, uh, yeah, we've actually we've been trying this for it's been about a year. Uh, we've been doing some little pop-ups, some mention of ears, but we just want to be really certain about what we're doing and make sure we've come to the conclusion of what we want. We're, really st- we're, re- we're being really stingy. Right? As you should be, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've had experience in my past in Atlanta with something that didn't quite pan out, so I've been there, and I've that to happen again you know which it always could but i just want to be more prepared this time and i think we're on that right path mm-hmm. and so you know we've been getting a little bit of traction and these pop-up series has really been 
uh, it's been eye opening for us, and it's uh, it's definitely something viable. Mm-hmm. So we're we're liking where we're at, and it's it's, it's great. Okay, we're gonna get into that pop up series. Yes, yes. Real quick, I got one more question. First yeah. of all, I want to say congratulations to you guys, and I wish you nothing in the, you. but the best moving forward with whatever that plan looks like. We've talked a ton about Colin and Jess, and I, you guys clearly hold them in very high regard, yeah. as do I. Just from the you know having them on the podcast once and talking to them a couple times in the restaurant, I can tell they are very genuine, thoughtful people. Really, really enjoy them. I can also see Colin especially and maybe just too but just because like everything you know is so scratch made it like you not cutting any corners at kitchen table i can see him being like a little bit of a stickler when it comes to doing <laughs> stuff like that what is what's it like working with and for those two in the kitchen uh, uh it's great i don't yeah they couldn't do it without them you know they're a huge part of what we do yeah, I've always enjoyed their company and the time we spend together in the kitchen. Uh-huh. It's great. Yeah, that, that's a great way to put it too. You know, uh, their company, man, they're great. They're they teach us so much too, and they never never let up. They never let us dog it either too. So it's that's pretty good. Uh, but they're always there for us if there's anything we need. So again, it's that very family aspect and working for them. You know. I'd be lying if sometimes you're like, damn, this is really hard. <laughs> do, they, do they know how hard this is? They do. They've done it. You know, like uh-huh. they, they know how hard it is. Uh-huh. But I'm like, oh, man, I hope he knows how hard this is. Right <laughs> now. No. But no, that's, you know, because, again, we try to impress our friends, and we consider them really good friends. So mm-hmm. we try to impress them every single step of the way. And, you know, again, every time I get one up on them, I'm stoked. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So. Let's get into the dandelion experience. Yeah. So for the listeners who don't know, A, you should go back and listen to uh, the episode with Nick Bartholomew. He was awesome, fantastic guest. But dandelion pop-up is this little, like, concession stand-sized building downtown Omaha on uh, the corner of, I think it's 13th and Howard. And every week, I guess it's even more than every week now, but at least every Friday for lunch, they host different chefs or cooks from around Omaha and basically just let them come in create a small menu of five to six, seven items, whatever it is on their own, and then just sell for a couple hours for lunch on Friday. So on September 11th, you guys came in. We mentioned the fried chicken that you did. You also made chess pie. Um, you had some some tofu. You did the Fruit Loop kettle chips. Yep. J- just overall, what was that experience like for you? That was great. That was, it was a lot of work. A lot it, of work, yeah. It was great. I had a blast doing it. Met some cool people and got to reach out to the community in a different way we hadn't done before. And that yeah, and with great. everything we're trying to do, too, it was eye-opening for sure. Mm-hmm. It was eye-opening. Nick gave us a real shot to just get in there and kick butt. And I feel like we did. We were we came into this so prepared. Again, we we do have aspirations, so we didn't take it lightly whatsoever. And in the same token, Jess and Colin didn't take it lightly on our behalf either. They really helped us with this. They got us in touch with uh, – Plum Creek Farms, where we got our chicken Best from. Best chicken, yeah. yeah. You know, that tofu recipe was actually Jess's uh, recipe. That's Jess. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, again, they just helped us out big time. And Nick was so helpful. You know, like he got us that spot and you know our showcase for a few hours, mm-hmm. and he killed it too. Nick's great. He's out there. If you go there, you'll see Nick yelling at you trying to. He's get there you. every <laughs> week. Yeah, he'll get you something. Don't worry. Right. He's great. But uh, yeah, we're gonna be doing our next one on Halloween this year, and we're actually gonna do it at nighttime. 
So we're gonna do five to sell out, and we're just gonna do something a little bit different. Our menu changed a touch. We we simplified a little bit, and uh, one of the things we're gonna be doing is our Bluto sandwich. Whoa! It's named after an arch nemesis, nemesis of somebody, Popeye. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> yeah, it might be. A, it's gonna be a good sandwich, and we're gonna again make the brioche buns from scratch. The chicken will be pickled. It's uh, all gonna be from scratch again too. We're gonna Debo fries and some banana pudding. Wow. Yeah. Okay, people. So when you get done with your trick-or-treating on Halloween, or before you do your trick-or-treating, yeah, yeah, yeah. get some energy yeah, for trick-or-treating. Yeah, warm up there. Yeah. yeah, get down to Dandelion and, and get we'll, some fried chicken sandwiches. Sounds right? delicious. It's going to be great. And again, you know, we can't thank Nick enough, too. And uh, it's been great, the whole experience. So, mm-hmm. so how did you guys get into that experience did you approach nick or does did he come to you did jess and colin come to you and be like hey this would be a cool opportunity yeah, how, how did yeah. that start i think uh nick reached out to colin and was asking if he knew anyone who'd be interested in get getting into his pop-up series and we jumped on that yeah, and as colin, soon as we could colin knew of you know what we're trying to do so he he, he yes. threw it our way and you know and but at the same time he let us put kitchen tables name on it too so you, you know we he made sure we held it to a higher standard, too. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing. But, uh, yeah, he let us use the name. And, it, it, yeah, Colin, man. Colin, Nick. I guess Colin and Nick have known each other, too, for a while, so that's great. Uh-huh. So when you guys agreed to do it, did you know right off the bat that fried chicken was going to be the headliner? Or did you have yes. to? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yes, you yeah, knew. That was, yeah, that was yeah. the easy part. Yeah. Uh, again, coming up with the quantities and how much and what procedure we're going to do and what sides we're going to accompany with it, that was the harder part. And, again, we came in prepared. <laughs> we took we left nothing to chance we were ready for this one so and we're going to be just as ready for the next one i was going to say how how was the lead up to service was it stressful was it like what what was that like yeah a lot of running around a lot of, most of our food wasn't in the one location in the morning so it was a little back and forth a little bit of adrenaline for sure mm-hmm. yeah and it was a rush we were stoked we were we were excited you know? mm-hmm. so it was definitely like fun we had a great time yeah. We even brought one of my chef friends from Kansas City down. Oh, uh, nice. And yeah, yeah, so he, he toured with me on Trans-Siberian Orchestra and different stuff. And, you know, he's just in Kansas City hanging out, and we needed the, we needed the hand. So he actually came and helped out a kitchen table for the day while we did the pop-up. So that was great, too. Again, you know, we brought in more family for an event that we were already really excited about. So. Mm-hmm. How much, especially for you guys who are thinking about, you know, starting up your own concept, how much does just kind of a trial run like dandelion help you guys to kind of determine what's attainable and what that future might look like i think it's immensely important like that's huge you know if you have an idea you got to make sure that idea is viable and what's a better way than just you know dipping your toe into it like you can have the greatest idea all day but if you can't sell it right or manage it right you know it's not going to lead to anything fruitful so we wanted to make sure too we were the preparation also we were very strict on you know what we're buying what we're where we're getting our product from making sure it's all just the right way and is it viable at the end of the day? It mm-hmm. turns out it was great. <laughs> it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the chan- support chance we had. Yeah. It was a great chance, and we took advantage. It was cool. Yeah. And a lot of friends came out, too, which was great. The support was amazing. So the location can't beat it. Yeah. So we had all, we had all the friends there. So uh-huh. that's type. Now, Nick, when he came on here a couple weeks ago, he said that there's always – not always, but most of the time there's a point in the service where things can really get in the weeds and things can, you know, be looking like they're spiraling out of control. You feel like you're just barely hanging on because you're doing so much. There's so many people in line and everything. But he said there's almost always a point in the service where whoever the guest chef is, 
they they let out like a noise where it's whether it's like a you know like a sigh or just like a woo or something like there's a point where they know I've got this right. I've got control now was there a moment like that for you guys definitely yeah I think yeah. ran into a thing with the fryer and controlling temperatures and Moses nailed it came yeah, out on the, top. the the backstage catering aspect definitely gave me a lot of experience on. <laughs> you know, different equipment so i was like all right got this and there was a side factor in it but uh i think again we were just so prepared we we even expected something like that to go down that's just like nick was saying it happens mm-hmm. so it's you know again it's just a viable thing we're trying to put together can we get in the weeds and be okay with this and yeah. we were we made it out and there's i'd say it was more a little uh, a little, a little yeah. sigh more than yeah, anything there's, there's definitely a sigh at the beginning of the hill and then there's another one afterwards too oh okay cool. yeah but we celebrated the right way that's for sure after <laughs> after it was all said and done uh-huh. we celebrated the right yes, way for that's sure. right so what happened with the fryer it, it just the the day everything that was involved it was kind of like a little rainy day it was mm-hmm. one, one of the first colder days of the year i can remember mm-hmm. and uh, you know we were all set up for a really hot day out there you know a fryer and propane tank running just right and uh, that doesn't always happen so mm-hmm. we had to account for that uh and, you know, it's just a matter of being patient. It's hard to be patient when there's a line. And mm-hmm. I guess that's where that side moment, there's a line of people. And you're like, all right, I got to be patient. I got to let it come up. You know, I can't just keep putting this fryer in the weeds, too. So you got to, like, kind of bide your time. And Nick is great with the crowd, so that was really nice. Uh-huh. You know? So, but, uh, yeah, you know, just being patient and, you know, staying the course. So that was it. And we came out of it. We survived. Mm-hmm. It was great. Now, obviously, you guys enjoyed it enough to sign up for a second go-around, like we yeah. mentioned on Halloween. But right after service, were you? What was the feeling? Was it like, "Holy cow! Thank God that's over. We're never doing that again." Or were you? Did you guys just look at each other right away? We're like, "We need to do this again." Yeah. That was so much fun. Hell I think yeah. before Let's the end of again. it, yeah, I even think before the end of it, we were like, "Yeah, I think this is looking forward to next time." Yeah, we'll see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> so that that I think we uh, that was the first initial reaction to even before it was over was yes, let's do this again. That's fantastic. So, all right. Well, I've taken a lot of you guys' time. I thank you very much for that. I have two more questions for you yeah. before we get out of here. And these are things that I love to look I love to end every episode with because I just love talking to industry people about this stuff. And the first one is what is one thing and maybe the most important thing about the restaurant industry that people who don't work in it or people who are outside of it don't understand that you wish they did? I'd maybe say the camaraderie. I mean, you are, if you're in like a sports team or you're in, you know, I don't want to equate it to like a military thing, but if you're with a lot of people, you know, like that you have to, a common goal in place, you create this camaraderie, you know, you create this community within every restaurant. And that's very evident. I think every person who works in a restaurant from, from Applebee's to, you know, French Laundry, they, there's this camaraderie within the restaurant, within the kitchen that you won't find, I don't think, anywhere else. So. Yeah, just that commitment to the course and. Understanding the moments and that they'll pass and just living. I don't know. Yeah, it's a very day to day industry. So, you know, yeah, once you, you get past the first day, you're yeah, like, you, all right, this isn't so bad. Let's again tomorrow. Let's do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to close and open. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and uh, what is your favorite part of working in the restaurant industry? I get to have tattoos on my face. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, don't know, uh, I guess the, so I go back to the community sense. I always feel. I feel like I've always got somebody in my back, and uh, I'm very antsy. I need something to do all day. Mm-hmm. So I think that's my favorite part about, you know, 
I just need something to do all day. And I love it. I couldn't think of anything else I'd rather be doing than getting my hands dirty and playing with some food. Yeah, I love the idea of having something to do all day. Uh, I think just trying new, trying new foods and working with food. It's great. Yeah. Never, there's never not an opportunity to learn something. That's great. And one last thing that just popped into my head before I let you guys out here. You guys come from very different backgrounds when it comes to cooking. Yeah. How do, when you talk about, you know, kind of coming up in a, growing up in a kitchen, Dan, or not growing up in a kitchen, but like, you know, working at kitchen table for all those years. And Moses, you know, you toured on the road, you went to culinary school. How do those various backgrounds kind of help you guys play together where you're not, you know, you, you have so many different things to draw from. How does that help you? Yeah, I'd say, uh, I'd say Dan definitely calms down <laughs> different, like flightiness. I feel sometimes again, being on the road all the time, going here, going there. I always had, was always looking for what's next. What's next? What's next? You know, what, where's my next job? Where's my next gig? What city am I working in this time? And, uh, you know, working with Dan, I get this, this calm sense of like these grandeur ideas, but at the same time, like you've got to have this build up this core. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's where I feel. I yeah, I just find the that there's a balance. It's like if yeah. I'm good at something, it's like I can carry that weight. Or if like I'm struggling somewhere, Moses is gonna pick me up. He won't do tortillas ever. Well, it sounds like he might be making a smart decision. Yeah, that's all he's <laughs> so, yeah, I got that. He gets the rice, so we're good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got for you guys. You were absolutely fantastic guests. I cannot thank you enough for coming on Dude, today. Thank you, thank you so thank much you, for your yeah. time. Uh, we appreciate it very much, so thank you, man. All right. Fun. So, listeners, I mean, if this didn't inspire you, I don't know what it's going to take. Get out to Kitchen Table. Try their pop-up series. It, if you don't, if you look at the menu and you're just like, eh, none of this is really speaking to me, try it again in two weeks. It's rotating all the time, so there's all kinds of different things to try. You can get down to the general store, make some of your own stuff, and definitely get out to Dandelion. Uh, Halloween nights, and you can experience that wonderful fried chicken we described at the top of this episode. Now, you get it between brioche buns. That might be the only way to make it better. So, yeah. Um, As always, thanks for eating with us, Omaha.